Hey everyone, we are just about to discuss everything that happened during the afternoon and evening here at the second day of the D23 Expo. So uh, live from the Diz, Dreams Unlimited Travel and Diz Unplugged booth on the D23 <laughs> exhibition floor, uh, we're coming to you live. Okay, well, welcome back, everyone. Uh, thanks for tuning in yesterday and this morning especially. I know uh, the show earlier was very rushed and uh, very eccentric and uh, all over the place. And, uh, well, you all stuck with it, and there's great information. If you haven't gone out and watched it yet, then uh, I highly urge that you do so. Um, that just so many things happened during the live-action film panel, but uh, especially the announcement of Star Wars Land, which just kind of blew us all away and uh, completely took us by surprise. And, uh, well, of course, I am Craig Williams, and I am joined with Michael Bowling. Hey there, hi there, ho there. And uh, so, yeah, we we really ended up having a pretty crazy uh, afternoon into the evening. Uh, I, I don't know why I expected the Disney Parks, uh, Parks and Resorts, presentation to be anything but amazing but i guess i just after the live action i just kind of got into my head that it wouldn't be that big and that that much of a deal and oh my gosh what what it turned out to be Uh, i know people that after hearing the announcement of star wars land said now they didn't need to go to parks and resorts because that was the that was the major announcement and well that was one of a few major announcements actually so oh yeah no uh it uh, it ended up just uh, blowing us all away, uh, especially on the Star Wars level, because one major thing I don't think uh, any of us really saw coming was uh, just what is going really into detail in terms of the Star Wars land. I mean, we know about the Millennium Falcon attraction that they already announced in, in those details, but then uh, one, of, one of the first things that was brought up is Star Tours. And, Michael, what's happening with Star Tours? Well, Star Tours, which was just updated a few years ago, is going to get updated again. And because they don't want us to have to wait a few years to start experiencing Star Wars in the parks. So one of the things that they're going to do is update Star Tours again. And we're going to go to new destinations that we will see in the next Star Wars film and meet some new characters along the way. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, they pretty much specifically said it was going to be characters from the film. And they didn't, no real spoilers in terms of that, but... No, Star Tours, next time you go on your trip, you might already be going on an updated ride. Uh, But that was just the beginning of what turned into so much more. Uh, The next big thing, in terms of my memory, I I spent the entire presentation live tweeting, so I didn't get to write down any (laughs) notes. All my notes are on Twitter. Uh, But in terms of my memory, right after we did Star Tours... Then they jumped into the event, or was there one thing before they, that? Well, they talked about how the Jedi Training Academy oh, will yeah, be yeah. updated at both Walt Disney World and Disneyland, and it will include characters and new storylines from Episode 7. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And then from that, it went into the... 
well, party, right? Well, actually went into Star Tours Launch Bay, which I think we've been wondering out here at Disneyland what is going on in Innoventions. Mm-hmm. We had assumed they were building a, a tribute to Walt Disneyland's 60th anniversary and then suddenly that didn't happen and they're continuing construction in there what it sounds like is going to be in there is the Star Tours launch bay and that's going to be exhibits of props um, artwork from the film it's going to be updates on the the film as well as construction updates once uh, the Star Wars expansion begins it's also going to be the headquarters for the new Star Wars games that are going Going to be released, and they're even you're going to be able to play the games there, and they're even going to have content that is unique to that um, th- that that area, that uh, the Star Tours launch bay, and they're they're also going to be doing this at Disney Hollywood Studios. Absolutely, and uh, my favorite part of that, and I think a lot of people's favorite part, will be the fact that there will also be exclusive merchandise for sale mm-hmm. inside the Star Wars launch bay. So. Uh, I, I'm very, very excited to see how that really shapes up, uh, especially because they didn't say where it would be in either park, but you're probably right with the interventions level, but in terms of Hollywood Studios, that could just could be anywhere. It, it could be anywhere at this yeah. point. So, um, you know, hopefully in the American Idol Theater, that would be a great place to start housing all of that mm-hmm. and uh, kick Frozen out, but... <laughs> probably won't happen either. So now can we talk about the new event? Absolutely. Yes. Oh, me. Okay. Well, actually, this is a new event that is happening in both Disney Hollywood Studios and at Disneyland. We've always fussed over here that we never get Star Wars weekends. Well, you know, we're finally getting something, and you're also going to get it out there, all you Disney Worlders. We're going to get a new limited-time seasonal event. It is Star Wars Season of the Force. And th- this is this is going to have enhanced character experiences. There's going to be new food and beverage offerings for us at Disneyland. You know, at Disneyland, we get overlays to many of our attractions. Haunted Mansion gets the Haunted Mansion overlay at Halloween and Christmas with Jack Skellington in the gang. Um, it's a Small World gets its Christmas overlay. At Halloween, Space Mountain gets its Ghost Galaxy overlay. That's not all Space Mountain is going to get now. It is now going to get, during the Star Wars season of The Force, it's going to become Hyperspace Mountain. And there's going to be new technology. There's going to be new sounds, um, new things to see in Space Mountain for us out here at Disneyland. Oh, yeah. And at Walt Disney World... um we are also going to have the event, and that actually was kind of cool because I heard about this event a while back, I want to say two months ago, and I just kind of kept quiet about it like I do most of the time, anytime I hear anything. And it's, you know, I'm so happy that it's coming. However, we got a little shortchanged by only getting a brand new fireworks show with it, too. There was nothing wrong with our current Star Wars fireworks show that we are doing, but uh, hopefully they're just going to up it a little bit. But. No, I uh, just absolutely perfect that they're starting to incorporate more and more and more and really uh, take into that, uh, take it all into that immersion theming and really immersive environments, just like we talked about uh, on the last show whenever we discussed it. And then, uh, well, to make things better, they wanted to get even more immersive mm-hmm. than we even thought at Hollywood Studios. But, well, not really for the Disney World edition. We've been talking about this for a while, and uh, it is 
now been confirmed there will be Toy Story Land yes. coming to Hollywood Studios. And uh, a lot of people thought it was going to be like the uh, the one Toy Story Playland, or sorry if I'm getting the name wrong off the top of my head, I can't think of it, but the one that's overseas and incorporate a lot of those attractions and just take them. But no, it's, it's not going to be that. It's actually going to have two brand new attractions. One that Michael is not very happy about. <laughs> Well, I just think it's maybe, it's, I think it's a clone. It's called the Little Green Aliens, and they're going to pull you around in a little ship while the, the claw looms over you. It sounds to me very much like what we have in Carsland that's called Mater's Junkyard Jamboree, which is sort of a take on, on the, the classic whip ride that you see in carnivals. So to me, it just sounds like it's a redressing of an attraction we have out here. And I, I, I would hope that they would have done something a little more creative. Oh, yeah, but, I mean, at least they still have the claw. I think it's going to be a really yeah. big hit with kids. However, there is also a bigger and better attraction coming, and that will be the Slinky Dog Family Coaster, mm-hmm. uh, just themed right after Slinky Dog. And uh, they showed a little bit of the ride-through, and that would make this a really good time to mention that All of the presentation we were able to film, so currently right now it's not uploading because then I wouldn't be able to go out live with this show right now, so I apologize that I I can't be sending that out to you right now, but at the same time, uh, it, it will be available a little bit later on tonight, and if you're watching from the East Coast, you'll be able to see all those videos at, at, the, at the latest by the morning, so definitely check it out. All of this you'll be able to find at youtube.com slash info right where you're watching it. Uh, but, Michael, do you want to get in about what the actual theme yeah. of Toy Story Land is? I, I'm glad you brought that up. Toy Story Land is when you walk into it, you're going to be shrunk to the size of Woody, Buzz, and all of their pals. And you're going to be entering basically Andy's backyard. And Andy has all his toys out, like any typical little boy. And he's put them all out, and he's constructed and made things. And one of the things that he did with his little roller coaster kit is he's made this roller coaster, but he's added all kinds of other parts from other games and building sets to it. Uh, For instance, he's put some of the other Toy Story characters that he plays with into this roller coaster that he's built and that you're actually going to interact with them as you go past them it's going to trigger them to do things as you go on this roller coaster and of course Andy instead of putting on a regular you know coaster train he's using Slinky Dog as the coaster train for his little toy so you're going to get to ride in Slinky Dog I I just can't say enough good things about what we found out today in terms of Hollywood Studios. Uh, it, it really is a rebranding of the park from going from what it was before, which is all about the backstage studio and now putting you into the experiences. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, we had that feeling that that was going to be how they were starting to develop the park. And uh, whenever they changed their name of it, that's why they're most likely going to be dropping the studios from it because it's not about that anymore. It's right. about putting you into the movies and. You know, it looks promising, and yeah. I wish we would have got that new name confirmation right. too. But and uh, I know people were waiting to hear: is there going to be some version of Cars Land? Sure. And we didn't hear, you know, yes or no. 
yep. and that it wasn't brought up at all. And there's been no timelines for anything really right now at this point, except the ones that we've mentioned uh, with the Star Wars announcements. Mm-hmm. So that's also a big deal. Why, too, I wouldn't start to jump off the bandwagon of will cars ever come. If it will, it's probably going to be in about 10 years yeah. down the road. But that led us into a little bit of Epcot still on the Disney World side. Disneyland got that little bit of Star Wars love, and then it was mostly about Disney World. Epcot, uh, they just updated us on Frozen Ever After, and they showed... <laughs> and there was polite applause. There, there was polite <laughs> applause, but there was an absolute gaps whenever they started to show some of the, the new concept art that's being released, as well mm-hmm. as the Sven animatronic. Which that was cute. Looked extremely looked really good. impressive. And uh, <laughs> yeah. what is the name of the new area where you'll also be able to meet Anna and Elsa? Do you have that down there? It is. It's the Royal Summer House, and it's actually based on a historic cabin in Norway. What, even though you know they were really trying to say over and over again, adding this frozen element is going to help to teach us more about Norway's culture. A little bit of a stretch, but in terms of the architecture that they showed us in the concept art, they really are using the traditional folkloric uh, architecture and designs of Norway. And so this is, it's a beautiful um, cabin, and this is going to be the meet and greet for Anna and Elsa. Yeah, I actually was slightly impressed by the concept mm-hmm. art. I still don't like where it's going, but at the same time, it, it looked pretty. Right. It, it did look very pretty. So uh, I'll wait to reserve my judgment yeah. until it is opened up. And uh, we learned that the same a team, husband and wife team, that wrote the Frozen Yep, Robert music. and Kristen Anderson Lopez. Right. They are writing new music for this attraction, and there's going to be a whole new script. Yep, got to keep this. them busy. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, after we got done with that little blurb about Epcot, then it moved into Animal Kingdom. And uh, they really wanted to highlight the night features that they're doing everything with Animal Kingdom, starting from how the tree will start to be illuminated and have different designs on night. And we saw the, like, the firefly twinkling all the way back at Harambee Nights last year. And that will finally be making its return with all the other nighttime events at Animal Kingdom, including the new expanded safaris, Kilimanjaro safaris, that will also try to include some of those more nocturnal and wild animals like the wild dogs and the hyenas. Mm -hmm. Uh, And uh, I should have mentioned for all of this, Joe Rohde actually was able to join us on stage and And, really go into this. And he was very enthusiastic about the whole project. He also talked about Kilimanjaro safaris. Um, They've been adding lighting to it so that it's going to extend an orange sunset effect into the evening so that you can ride the safari at night. And they're going to be expanding it, as as Craig said, adding more animals and, and really making the nighttime safari completely different experience from the daytime safari. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm very excited about mm-hmm. that. Kilimanjaro safaris is one of my favorite things to do in Animal Kingdom. So I can only see positive from this. And uh, well, the only issue that comes into play is if you're riding Kilimanjaro safaris, you might miss rivers of light. And after some of the footage that was shown <laughs> inside the presentation, yeah. which, of course, will be in a video going yeah. up. The, uh, the concept art looks spectacular. For oh, us. oh, yeah. And uh, it's, it's all about life uh-huh. and just 
oh, it's Joe Rody was so so excited, and he said the show will essentially just keep building and building and building until it gets to the climactic peak, and all the fountains are bursting out, and that's really like the the main concept art image that they've shown for a while now. Uh, that's that's going to be the big part of the right. show, and. Yeah, we'll actually see like animals rise up out of the water yeah. and then as they travel and, and just go up in the air and, and, and they transform. And, and it sounds amazing. looks like they're using a lot of the technology that they use in some of the phantasmic shows at the international parks where it's a combination of like a phantasmic and world of color. Absolutely. And uh, of course, mentioning Animal Kingdom, we also have to mention the fact that James Cameron came out along with John Landau to talk more about Avatar. Well, sorry, we should start calling it by its official name, Pandora, the world of Avatar. Mm -hmm. And this was absolutely one of the highlights, if not for just the fact that tomorrow's James Cameron's birthday, so we got to sing happy birthday to him at the end of the panel. But I I gotta tell you, it's I, I went into the exhibit that they have over uh, on the showroom floor and seeing the model up close and being there in the room with John Lasseter and Joe Rohde got me really intrigued about it. And then after this presentation, uh, I, I'm, I'm a little more intrigued. I still don't think Avatar is a great movie, mm -hmm. but well, and it's you know, going to be pretty. He, he addressed that because he s said that this land is not intended to be the great moments from the film. It's actually an exploration of a world, a world that that comes alive. And so it's the world of Pandora that's the focus and not the actual film yeah. itself. And uh, we got a little bit more information about the, uh, the Flying Banshees attraction uh, in terms of what its name will be. And its name is... Flight of the Navis. No, it wasn't that. It wasn't that one? It wasn't that. Huh. That's the only, that's the only name I have written down. <laughs> fly just landed on my nose that was very <laughs> bizarre uh do you want to talk more about the boat ride then while i look up the actual name sure okay um they're going to have a family boat ride uh you might remember from the film at night the forests light up and with this bioluminescence and so what they're going to do is because of the location that we're in and in pandora this area of the forest is always in a bioluminescent state. And so this is a family boat ride that you're going to be able to go through because the other attraction is a little more of a thrill ride. So we're gonna go, the boat ride is a family experience where you float through the forest and see all the beautiful bioluminescence, all the animals in the forest and, and the flowers. And the attraction, the Flying Banshees attraction will be known as Flight of Passage. Oh, okay. Flight of Passage. And they're using state-of-the-art flying technology for this that James Cameron is, is promising us that it will be better than any other flying attraction that is out there. Mm -hmm. So uh, that, that's a really big, bold statement to say. So mm -hmm. hopefully it lives up yeah. to it. Yeah, you'll be taking your own personal flight on the Banshee, much like Jake did in the film when he did his first flight. Absolutely. And... Uh, that was essentially everything that we learned about Avatar and Walt Disney World. So then after Walt Disney World, there's no place really to go except for, well, overseas. Mm -hmm. And 
Uh, do you want to run through a brief highlight of the small parks that they really didn't talk about sure. at all? <laughs> well, in Tokyo Disneyland, they're starting on a 10-year expansion. They are they're going to have um, the Enchanted Tales with Belle, similar to what is in the Magic Kingdom in New Fantasyland. They also are going to have a Alice in Wonderland attraction. What makes this unique, though, is this is not based on the, the animated cartoon. This is going to be the first attraction that's based on the Tim Burton film. And then Disney Sea is getting a, the new port of can you, can you just guess? Hmm. Arendelle. Yay. And actually, the, the concept art, it looks quite nice. Yeah. And I'm sure they're going to be getting the same attraction as um, the, the Norwegian folklore one that's exactly. going into Epcot, Norway. Um, Disneyland Paris has already opened its Ratatouille ride and it's getting its Jedi Trading Academy um, updated. However, it also is going to be celebrating its 15th anniversary. Was that Disneyland it? Paris? Or was 25th. it 20th? 25th. And so they're going through a major um, just overhauling and rehab of that park. Absolutely. As well. And uh, well, the next big thing Hong Kong Disneyland. And mm-hmm. let's go over that. Yep. Yeah, they're building a Disney Explorer Lodge, which looks like an absolutely beautiful hotel. And then they're doing it's going to be the first Marvel. Absolutely. Theme uh, um, attraction. The Iron Man experience, yeah, the, which mm-hmm. they did announce a long time ago. And uh, it's they're finally giving us really, really good information on it. And I got to tell you, uh, they're, they're trying to sell people to get over to Hong Kong oh, yeah. go on this because they didn't just hint at it. They really, really went in depth in terms of what they were sharing with us. And uh there was also a few special uh, guest stars along yeah, the way yeah. with that, too. Yeah, so they started out by t- by telling us a little about it, that actually what you're doing is you're going to a new Stark Expo, and there's a new display of technology from Stark Industries. And then Tony Stark is in the attraction as Iron Man to tell you all about the new technology. And then, and then Ted... Um, Robledo, who's the co-creative director, the creative director, he introduces Iron Man himself, who doesn't come out. And then, so he tries to sort of save the whole thing. And so he says, so you board the Iron Wing, which is a small craft. It reminds me a little of the Star Tours Oh, yeah, yeah. Iron Wing, which will give you the experience that Iron Man has flying in his suit. Mm -hmm. And so you're flying to the new um, Hong Kong Stark Tower to see the new Stark Reactor. But of course, like anything, things just don't go as planned. And you're stopped along the way by Hydra because they want to steal the reactor. And so you and Iron Man have to stop Hydra from their evil plot. Oh, yeah. And they showed a little bit of not only the concept art of the attraction itself, but also some of the animation that they're doing with the ride. And it looked impressive. And all of this set up a really weird skit that ended up involving some sort of prize being given out to one member of the audience. And guess who was sitting in the seat where the prize was at? A fellow named Stanley. Who no one seemed to know who he was. <laughs> Except the whole audience. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. So that was that was the running joke. Because Pepper Potts said Iron Man would be late, so they tried to do a raffle where you'll win a, you know, a tour of you know, the Stark Tower in New York. And it, so then they call out an, a seat location, and this old man comes up. And they say, what's your name? And he goes, Stan Lee. 
And of course, the running gag is everybody's calling him Stanley. Yes. And finally, Stan says, don't you know who I am? I'm the world's greatest cameo actor. And then they show clips from all his cameos in the Marvel films that he's been in. Yeah, it you, was... Do you want to tell folks who Stan Lee is in case they don't know? In case you don't know, Stan <laughs> Lee is basically the genius behind Marvel. He has created so many classic comic book characters. Uh, essentially, if you think it, you can name it. I mean, there's, there's nothing much more to say than that. If you don't know who Stan Lee is at this point... It, he, get out from under your log. He created the Marvel Universe. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And uh, so, yeah, it was it was a really nice, really fun yeah. way to get him involved in that. And uh, that ended up leading us into um, Shanghai Disneyland, yeah. which uh, there's been a lot of information already out about Shanghai Disneyland. So instead of really getting in depth, we'll just kind of list off the brand new things that they're actually bringing to it, like... In their Tomorrowland, they're going to have the Tron coaster, which if you still haven't seen any of yeah. the, the concepts for the, the light cycle coaster, it's going to be just out of this world. Yeah. Um, there, there is no Main Street. Yeah. They're going to have Mickey Avenue, and where Mickey Mouse, Donald Duck, and the characters greet you. And all the stores and restaurants along the way are all... Um, have characters as proprietors and all the architecture of that store is resembles the ca uh, character who's the proprietor. Absolutely. And what about we heard a lot about Pirates of the Caribbean earlier. What's so what's so good about well, that? Well, they it's it's not just an attraction anymore. This is reimagined as a whole themed land and it's going to be called Treasure Cove. This to me, this is like worth going just oh, to yeah. see this. Um, it, the attraction itself has been reimagined. It's called Pirates of the Caribbean Battle of the Treasure. Because for the Chinese, they don't know that this attraction started in Disneyland, you know, way back in 1967. For them, Pirates of the Caribbean is the films. So this, this attraction is based heavily on the films. And, uh, and so... Basically, they, they did show um, a simulation of a couple of the scenes And it looks from it. pretty bizarre as a Pirates of the Caribbean attraction, but should mm -hmm. be a massive hit. Yeah, you, you sail right through a huge um, battle between two ships. Absolutely. And uh, Adventure Isle? Adventure Isle is uh, an another new... Um, themed area. It's topped off by the Roaring Rapids Mountain, which looks like it, ha it has the same vehicles as Grizzly River Run here in California Adventure or the Cali River Rapids over in Animal Kingdom. But along the way, you encounter a large reptilian creature that's derived from Chinese legend and folklore. And he looks terrifying. He but, does. Uh, and then I think maybe the highlight for me in Shanghai is actually going to be the castle. Uh, the, the largest castle, mm -hmm. they've said, in any Disney park. Uh, and also in that, it's going to, well, not in it, but below it, there's going to be a Snow White attraction. Mm -hmm. That's going to be interactive. Yeah. Uh-oh, end of the night. What time it is. Well, you're right. It is that Please time hold. where our closing is coming. I'm sorry, in. everyone. All right. It's Saturday it's night. It's going to be okay. still Sunday. We hope you'll join us tomorrow. We thank you very much for coming, and we appreciate your ability to head out the doors as you go. Enjoy, and thanks for joining us. Oh, my. Us at this is still going on. Expo 2015.
Yay. Okay. Yay. And yeah, so Snow White was kind of the first movie that started Disney off in China, China as well as the mm-hmm. world. And so it's fitting that Snow White's going to come back under that castle. Right. And there's also going to be a boat ride in the castle. And they didn't mention it, I think, today, but I've heard in previous um, talks that there's also going to be a restaurant. Yeah. And uh, well. the last big announcement was... It, well, it confirmed the rumor yes. that, yes, Soarin' Over California is going to land for the last time um, in 2016, and we're going to get Soarin' Around the World in both Epcot and Disney California Adventure. We are going to soar over... Uh, places like Monument Valley and the Great Wall of China. And this is going to be new technology. So we're, it's going to even more fully capture the beauty of nature. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And then the presentation completely ended off with a very, very, very fitting uh, tribute. They had cast members come out. A lot of them it ended up being. It started with one singing Kiss Goodnight, uh, the mm-hmm. Richard Sherman written song for Disneyland Forever. And then it just went into a medley of Disney Parks, fireworks, closing songs, and Fantasmic, and all the shows, all the way to Illuminations. And it was a beautiful way to end the presentation. It's wonderful because it's from all around the world. And when you watch our video, they actually show you the the nighttime spectaculars from every park around the world. And, as they sing their song. And that was the Disney Parks mm-hmm. and Resorts panel. It was a great time. Uh, Michael, you also attended one more panel that I uh, did. you just want to talk a couple minutes on. It's just a little. I, um, a lot of you may know, um, you know, you know, you're familiar with the television series American Experience on PBS. They will be doing a two-night event on September 14th and 15th on Walt Disney. This took two years to create. Um there was a panel, Don Hahn, you know him from Pixar, but he's a director and producer of this series. Sarah Colt is the director and producer of American Experience. Becky Klein, the director of Walt Disney Archives, was there. And Neil Gabler, who's an author and historian, probably most well-known by us Disney fans as a, an author of Walt Disney's biography, the Walt Disney Company had absolutely no involvement in the making of this um, film, except that it granted them access to uh, the archives. And what they, what this is trying to do is, it's as they said, uh, Neil Gabler said that Walt Disney is a very polarizing character. Maybe not to the people in the audience, but pe- to people around the world, they either love him or they don't love him so much. And Neil Gabler has, is, is considered somewhat controversial in Disney circles. Um, Diane Disney Miller, Walt's daughter, made it very clear she did not approve of his biography, would not allow it in the Walt Disney Family Museum, and campaigned very strongly that the Walt Disney Company denounce his book because of the way it portrayed um, Walt and Lillian and their marriage. And they really tried... They, they try to bring out how um, Walt Disney had two sides. There was the optimistic side to him, and more the public side, but then there was also a darker side that he um, sort of battled. The Neil Gabler suggested that it was due to um, Walt Disney's sort of hard childhood and a very stern father, so that Walt Disney spent his whole life as the optimist and the innovator sort of denying 
the type of childhood that he had. Interesting. Did you get to see any clips from it? A lot of clips from it. Um, excellent. It looks like overall, it looks like it's very well done. But, um, there are a lot of clips in it that have never been seen by the public before. Um, there are so, there's a lot of interviews with um, people, Disney historians, movie historians, a couple of authors that again are not highly regarded in a positive manner mm-hmm. in the Disney community for um, just writing things that nobody who knew Walt Disney could ever substantiate. Um, and so I'm, I'm a little surprised they're even on the show. Mm. But um, Well, when, but they, does, mm-hmm. when does it air? It airs September 14th and 15th. And um, Diane Disney Miller did participate in the in the making of this but passed away before she could be interviewed but her husband Ron Miller is interviewed for this so the Disney family did uh, did participate in the making of this very good well thank you very much Michael I appreciate you uh, with all your input on Disney parks and then uh, this panel too so we'll see you tomorrow Definitely. and uh, I'm going to have JL jump in here JL J- JL JL hi why don't you come talk to me? See you real soon. I feel like a real Bob Barker. Now, love you too, Tracy. Hey, <laughs> Hi, JL. Hi, Craig. Hi. So, tell me about what you did today. Well, um, the last panel that I just visited was the Pixar Secrets Revealed panel, and that was quite entertaining. Yeah. What were your uh, top five favorite moments from it? Well, they gave us all kinds of stories about things that were eliminated from the films or things that were added from the films unexpectedly, sets that were changed. So uh, things that you didn't get to see in the final movies. Probably my top five were, let's see if I can remember five. Um, One of them was for Ratatouille. They had considered for a time killing off Remy's family in order to keep the storyline focused on Remy. So Mm -hmm. they went through a couple different scenarios. One was they considered uh, giving the family rat poison um, or having an exterminator come in and kill them all off. Instead, they decided to go an entirely different route, keep the family alive, um, and brought in another character in the film in order to keep it, you know, focused on Remy. But that was a little bit um, (laughs) dramatic, I thought. Um... Let's see. Another one was oh, there in Toy Story there was a there's the scene with Sid in the sandbox, you know, when all the toys yeah. come out and scare the Jesus out of him. And um, originally there was put in there a reference to The Shining, the movie The Shining, yeah. and um, it made it all the way to the final cut. The film had been made and was ready to go, and then right before it was getting ready to be. Um, you released. Know. Yeah, well, not, I mean, it didn't quite make it to, you know, almost release, but it, it made it through the final cut, and then okay. one of the final editors caught it and said, hey, did we get clearance for this? Because The Shining is a Warner Brothers property. Yeah. And because Pixar was such a new company, they had not actually thought of the fact that, hey, we needed to get permission in order to uh, reference this in our film. And um, so that had to be all pulled and eliminated and redone right after the the movie had basically already uh, been finished. That's, that's good. Yeah, that's yeah. real good. It was real. It was. It was stuff like that. Yeah. Do we have time for three more? Uh, do you want to give us one more at least? Uh, yes, you I you do. think about it. I did. Yeah. I saw one about Charles Muntz where he was not supposed to just fall to his death, but originally he was just supposed to float off, which just sounded kind of weird to me. Which is why it got cut. Yeah. Um, they had wanted to do something different. They thought, you know, in the history of Disney movies. 
um, all of so many of the villains they fall to their death and they thought we want to be a little bit original we have a chance here with up this is all about balloons and floating so what if we had this thing where he um, got tangled in the balloons and then carried away but um, ultimately they ended up deciding on allowing him to fall to his death because they felt like um, having him float away in balloons didn't give enough finality to the idea that he had died. Yeah, and uh, do you have one more good one? Uh, no. I tried to uh, I tried to help you there you to did, find time. Talking. How oh, that, I apologize. Jeez, jeez, jeez. Um, talk. Say something interesting. No, I I don't know. I'm looking right there with you. Okay. It's a lot of my <laughs> tweets. I apologize. It is. Um, oh, I like that. We did have one. There was a montage idea that had come up for Up as well, where um, Carl and Russell were going to have this, you know, bonding montage. They were going to go on some kind of, like, family picnic outing thing or a little vacation. They'd be swimming in lagoons together, and you'd understand the development of their relationship. That ended up getting cut out of the movie because... Um, it actually had them bond too close in the film, which um, interfered with the storyline later on. You know, it, it became a little bit unbelievable that Carl would be mean to Russell closer to the end after seeing them going through a bonding experience like that. So that had to hit the cutting room floor. Uh, that sounds like a good cut, at least to make if they had to make one. So, <laughs> yeah. well, if you don't have any more, then uh, I'm probably going to have to cut you loose. I know we have one from Monsters, Inc. here somewhere. While I'm looking for it, though, I can... Oh, yes, this was it. The Yeti scene in Monsters, Inc. Mm -hmm. They talked about how sometimes you have to work the story over and over and over again until you get it right. They actually have a term within the Pixar community where they will, they'll refer to something was, you know, was that your, your Yeti cave scene? And the reason is because the Yeti cave scene in Monsters, Inc., they actually storyboarded that about 25 different times in wow. order to get the version that they got. But one of the versions that um, hit the cutting room floor was the Yeti was actually acting more along the lines of a marriage therapist between Sully and Mike. That sounds weird, but... <laughs> Well, thank you so much for uh, sharing some of what you saw during Pixar's Secrets Revealed. And, Absolutely. Uh, hopefully you get to do some more tomorrow so we can have you I on again. So. And, uh, and for all the ones that I forgot, it. follow us on Twitter, our Diz account, at the Diz. That's where I tweet. I live tweeted from the event, and you'll get all of the other secrets that we didn't mention here today. Absolutely. There was a lot more. So thank you very much. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to kick you off, and I'm going to end this off with Rhino Clavin. Rhino. Hello. Okay, I need to turn you down because you're much louder than JL. Sorry. Awesome. So, Rhino, what did you do in this last one? Um, I just went to the Toy Story uh, 20th anniversary panel. Um, it was only supposed to be an hour, but it actually ran probably closer to like just over an hour and a half. So, Good. Um, you know, John hosted by John Lasseter, and then it had, mm. um, yeah, he came out, and um, he, they, he had pretty much all the, you know, um, uh, I, I'm so all tired. The crew, like yeah. Lee Unkrich. Yes, Lee Unkrich was there. Um, all the original was like Pete people there? who worked on it. Yeah, Pete Doctor okay. was there. Sorry, I'm tired. I brought, it was really dark too, and I was trying to write down everybody. That's okay. But, That's okay. But it was all the original Pixar people. Everybody who was in at the very beginning, which I didn't realize was pretty much just John Lasseter. I mean, I I knew it was started by him, but the way he made it sound, it was just him and a computer, and that was it. Like, um, but there was some interesting. It, it was. Um, 
I, um, I'll have a better probably description of it to give people later if anyone's interested. I love Toy Story. It's one of my favorites. Um, so you're going to write a blog about it, I think, is what I th- you're saying? Yeah, I think so. I, I, think awesome. it would, I think it would make the content that was in there was was interesting, and I think it would be nice to, like, if anyone like me, like, when you watch the movie, sometimes you, um, you know, you want to know the little, uh, the, the trivia and stuff like that. But they told some interesting stories. Um, the saddest part, though, was about how, uh, I think it was Uncle said he had snuck in a video camera to one of the original recordings of the mm-hmm. dialogue and John Lester's like uh, he's like oh let's go ahead and roll that and nothing happened and then he was like Dash do we have that no do we have it we have it right for like a minute and a half and then he was like oh I guess we didn't bring it with us and I was like everybody in the audience was like oh because it was this really cool they were saying they don't record they don't record the dialogue for the films like that yeah. anymore so it, I, I'm sure it'll pop up at some point maybe you know I don't know uh, but it's fingers crossed. Yeah, fingers exactly. Crossed. But um, there was some fun stuff I learned. Like, I, I actually never knew that um, Pixar was started out of Lucasfilm. Yeah. Um, I thought that was really cool. That that, that was a little subdivision. Like, I it just... Um, I, it just George Lucas uh, to this weekend has really made me kind of even more aware to what George Lucas has done in the world beyond the innovation of, like, Star yeah, Wars. Yeah, George Lucas bought it and had it go in and developed it through ILM yeah. before they broke off and then started cranking out hits. And then Steve Jobs bought it from them. Exactly. Like, Steve Jobs was the one who pulled yeah. it away from him. Sorry, and then, that's it. it George Lucas had it with ILM. Yeah. Steve Jobs bought it off of them. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And then, actually, um, Steve Jobs was so confident in... Um, Pick, uh, uh, excuse me, Toy Story, um, you know, that being the first ever computer animated film... Um, that he made the company go public the Tuesday after Toy Story opened, which John Lasseter was saying um, panic made him freaked him out a little bit, and he was like, please do it after the second movie so we can say, like, oh, we can do it again. And he was like, um, he told this interesting story about how Steve Jobs said, like, you know, when I was at Apple, because this was before he went back to Apple after that, he said, um, uh, you know, the life of the computers that we were making were two to three years, and then they were doorstop at five, and he was saying, the stuff you're making here, that's forever. Um, and that's cool. It was just, it was a nice little, like, he spoke very highly of Steve Jobs saying how he was very innovative and saw it down the road. And, and you know, he saw a lot of things. Um, and I also learned that um, it was actually Nightmare Before Christmas is the reason why Toy Story exists. Really? Too. Yeah, it was a, that's what John Lasseter says. He says he owes it to that because that was the first, um, I believe, animated movie that was not made by Disney or, or by Disney. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Under the main banner. Um, and they were not so nobody was gonna they weren't gonna make Toy Story for that reason like because they were like it's not a Disney hand drawn animation to yeah. produce thing so it was kind of their first out of house situation I guess like mm-hmm. he um I have to I have to re listen to it but it, it was a really interesting like kind of factoid that I again Nightmare Before Christmas a, another amazing film that like just had such an impact that I didn't realize because we were so young when it came out. But Awesome. You got one more for us? Yeah, I do. I do. Um, we all know that um, Joss Whedon was worked on this film, so he told us a little Joss Whedon fun thing because he, he really likes Joss Whedon. Um, and Joss Whedon's line that was John Lasseter's favorite in that movie is when Buzz and Woody are having the uh, argument in the gas station um, and he's you know screaming, you are a toy! Um and Buzz Lightyear just goes, you are a sad, strange little man. 
and you have my pity. Good day. Like he was just saying, like that was Joss Whedon's. Like he said, he was very young then, and he said one of the things he loved about Joss Whedon was his original Buffy the Vampire Slayer script because he yeah. said it was so funny, and the movie was not anywhere near what that was. And he was just like, and here's this guy who gave us this so such a funny line that he just cracks him up every time he reads it. So there was a lot of little fun facts like that, and um, you know, I, so I'm gonna I'm gonna sift through it and hopefully do a blog post at some point. Um, you That's know, awesome, and of notes. course, uh, definitely check out wdwinfocom slash d23 slash, and that's going to have all of our updates from the event that we've put up so far. And like I said, uh, from the Disney Parks panel, we have so many videos going up from that, so please, please, please uh, definitely go out and watch them whenever they come up. And if you're not following us on Twitter yet and Instagram and Facebook, you got to start following yeah, us on all that because on there. you're missing out on a ton of stuff. But that's going to do it for us tonight. And we'll be back tomorrow with a couple more shows and uh, keep reporting on everything that's happening here. But uh, everyone, thank you for uh, tuning in and uh, following along with us. I uh, hope you're enjoying it and we will see you later. Bye.